Hello and welcome to the Be Fairy Afraid podcast, the podcast where we take the fairy tales you knew and love and replace them with the original sordid ones of the folklores of the past. I'm Louise Atkinson and I'm Fiona Ridgewell and this week we're talking smart meters. Me and Louise actually see each other outside of the podcast studio. And we're also doing Japanese fairy tale called The Goblin of Adachikahara. So, in the words of our good friend of the podcast, Jean-Baptiste Basile, what did he say, Fig? Oh, he said, <laughs> open your ears, shut your mouth, and hear what I shall tell ye, you, me. Oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Always a great start. Um, Clutching the desk going, oh, I think I'm okay. I can't remember where I was at last week. I'd moved in. I'd you moved, had moved in. You put in. flat pack furniture together. This week is very much smart meter orientated. Ah, the smart meter week, yes. Smart meter week, just getting used to that. Mm. What, having one? Yeah, and just not being able to turn stuff on because when I do, he stares at the smart meter and then stares back at me. He's on octopus energy. Have you heard of it? I think this is a clone of me, you know, as a different oh. gender. This is exactly what I do. I've got my little smart meter. I just keep watching it. I'm like, can you turn that? Turn that. I live on my own. I'm telling myself, can you turn that light off? Yes. The other um, day, he sort of poked his head in when I was in the shower. I thought, oh, yeah. And he went, it's 15p per hour. <laughs> Start scrubbing quicker. Can you, can you collect Sorry. it in this bucket, please, and then just put that back over your head? <laughs> you Save us some money. And then, like, yes, yeah, so he's got octopus energy. Yeah, that's so true. you've got that. Yeah. Are you aware of um, oct out sessions? Mm-hmm. Oh, love an oct out <laughs> session. Just last week, I didn't even know we were on octopus energy, and I just got a call, just like, a, just, just a quick one, love. Um, just so you know, uh, tomorrow between four thirty and six. We won't be using any appliances, and the lights will go off, and the TV will be turned off, and um, and I was like, "All oh, right, is there some sort of a, are they cutting the electrics out? They're doing some work." So he went, "No, it's an opt-out session, um, and we have the chance to save twenty-three p." Yes. So yes, yeah, so I'm with him. But the thing is, though, is I've come from living with like my mum and grandma. I lived with my mum and grandma for years. Mm. Right? That woman lived through the war. <laughs> We yeah. never acted like we were in the Blitz. Like, I don't know why we're doing it now, <laughs> but we're doing it now. It must be quite difficult for you doing, like, smart meter and bill stuff when meals were a big thing. So moving on to actual oh, yeah. energy usage must be a real it big really step up is. for you. The other day it went up to £7. What? The smart meter. Oh, the smart meter. I thought you meant the meal. I was like, oh, he's, he's messed up there. It was usually oh, a pound no, on the yellow label. never go up to £7. <laughs> I said to him today, I was like, do you think it would be possible for us to ever just eat a meal without discussing how much it costs? No. Because that'd be really nice. <laughs> he's like, yeah, because the meatballs were waitrose, but I do think that they already had the sauce. So if you applied the sauce normally, you're looking at an extra two quid. I went, oh, turns out I don't care. I'm just like... <laughs> 
<laughs> do enjoy my dinner, please. Great. I'm totally on board with this. I, c- I could have that as a podcast. What, just... Just people coming what, on. Martin and, Money Saver? Like, we'll do it as, a, like, a reveal and just being like, right, who's meal do you think cost the most and then you've got to try and you'd ask questions to work out where they'd got it from and then what time and then you'd work out if they would got it on yellow label or not right yeah you don't seem into it but i would be proper into it the thing is what i don't like about it is i am into it now see it's taken me a week to be like but how much is that though like we're walking yes. away, like, oh, but how much is that all oh, but could we get that reduced and i'm like i didn't like i didn't know this was my personality oh it's nobody's personality it's just it becomes part of like a limb like your core yeah of who you are yeah welcome so we're we're doing that aside from that really romantic lovely time (laughs) i mean to me that that sounds the epitome of romance so i'm i'm very much in i'm on board (laughs) how are you fine i had a quiet week i mean i did have a gig with you Oh, yeah. You... Where in the space of five minutes you managed to insult me several times. I don't know what happened there. You walked in like a complimentary bull in a china shop. <laughs> if I could just defend myself, that, was, oh, that was the evening he called me and told me about the opt-out sessions. Oh, so you were all over the place. Genuinely, it was. So uh-huh. I was just like... I'll explain it to the audience. V came into the green room, came in, said hello to everybody else, then got to me, didn't say hello, just hugged me and then looked at me with the most disgusted expression went... You smell nice. Like it was the most bizarre thing he'd ever had. And then I went, excuse me. And then you made it worse. You doubled down and went, yeah, you smell like, you know, them cheap vapes. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So that was clangers one and two. I didn't say cheap vape. I'm pretty sure you did. I think we were backstage. When we say green room, we mean behind a curtain. I was whispering. (laughs) I believe I said fruity. It was fruity. Is that worse? Calling me fruity? As I said it, yeah, I was like, what are you saying to another human? human being you smell nice you smell like a vape i did realize it as i said it but i was in it and you'd already heard it yeah yeah, yeah. and then if that wasn't bad enough what are the other comedians they'd asked you what you were up to like comedy wise and you said not much not really doing anything despite the fact that we've been recording a podcast together um and i recited this to the other comedians in the room we're all having a laugh about fear insulting me and then as a we call it in the industry a topper uh one of the other comedians was like oh yeah uh, and your jacket shit meaning it as a joke and then you just turned to me and went did somebody say your jacket was shit i was like no they didn't I think what we've revealed there is the the issue with me and comedy is I don't understand comedy. <laughs> so when someone does a topper, you're like, "Whoa, they're doing a topper." I'm like, "Someone said that about her jacket." How <laughs> oh, fucking dare they? And that's the thing with me. I take things at face value. I don't really understand. Yours wasn't said though. In our co- oh, I'll dare. Some- Yours was. It's probably because your jacket was shit. That was your. It's a good jacket, I know. Yeah. Anyway, then you started talking about crystals, and I walked out. Yeah. (laughs) So to be fair, who got the last laugh? (laughs) It was me because I was later on in the bill. Yeah, because you were later on in the bill. That's fine. Right. Do you want to know what we're doing this yes, week? Yes, please. Let's smash, smash on. Smash on? Is that a, is that a... I really don't think you're going to like this week's at all. I don't know why you do that. Is that because of the jacket thing? Yeah, pretty much. We're doing a Japanese story this week. And I'd like to caveat straight from the beginning. Yes, there are voices. No, oh. I will not be doing the accents. There's going to be a Japanese story with some Yorkshire people in it, it is what they're going to be. It feels worse to do that, mm, doesn't mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. But then I'm not the one having to do the accent. And you wouldn't be the one who was cancelled, correct? Yeah. Yes, that would be me. But there's so many uh, incredible stories in uh, Japanese, both folklore, but they also do loads of myths and legends. Like They have loads of um, myths and um, stories about how, how the country was created, and they're really cool. And they have lots of folklore tales, but one of the big things... 
Japan is most famous for is their ghost stories and their ghost folk tales. Oh, okay. Really quite gruesome. Is it? Is, is this one? This is a ghost story. One. Oh, is it? It's one. I think it's one of the most well-known ones. It was actually turned into a film in the 1960s, and it was so graphic that it was banned in the UK until 1968, until they re-edited it to be suitable. We will do a warning on this. There's a lot of bloody content in this story. You should have given me a warning before we press yeah. record as to whether I want... The ring, was that Japanese? I think that came from a Japanese story. Because yeah. that scared the absolute shit out of me. Mm-hmm. This is called The Goblin of Adachikahara, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing yeah. incorrectly already. Apologies. It's very gruesome and got turned into this film. It's by, originally, somebody called Ye Theodora Ozaki. Okay. And she was oh. born in... England to a Japanese aristocrat and a English uh, mother. Peasant. <laughs> English, I was just going for woman, but sure, peasant. Spent the first half of her life here in being educated here and then her parents got divorced and she moved with her father to Japan to explore her Japanese roots. It was going really well, she was enjoying it, but then her dad tried to set up an arranged marriage and he went and she said, you can jog on, dad, if you don't mind. Right. So she went to find her own work. Got work with the wife of the British minister to Japan at the time, who okay. really liked her, they really got on, and then they started travelling Europe. The woman she was working for and her brother started saying, you're really talented at writing. So she started translating, being the, one of the first people to translate Japanese stories into English. English. And it's really interesting as well, because especially with the Japanese culture, because there was a time period in Japan for like centuries where they locked down and had little to no interaction with any other country and I mean like hundreds and hundreds of years it's called Sukoku I think it was I'm probably pronouncing that badly as well 14th century to the 16th century I think it was maybe a bit one of the anyway centuries long and they went we're not interacting with anyone especially Europe Europe is going around colonizing everybody we don't want to be colonized we're shutting down we're having limited port access they even actually built an island that was to be used for trade away from the country you, what's matter with your face? Because I literally had a conversation with Matt the other day because we were talking about like all the wars that are going on. And I was like, fucking hell. Do you think it would have been better if we just all kept ourselves to ourselves? I think it would be better if you just stuck to talk about yellow labels. We were talking about all the wars going on the other day. It's just, I was just like, it's just so awful. Do you think it would have been better if we just kept ourselves to ourselves and none of us got involved with each other? Because it is really all about land and stuff, isn't it? Really, a lot. Is, sorry, is, is this you prepping for news night? Is it next week you're on? <laughs> but so basically, the reason I was staring at you like that is yeah. I want to know how did that end? Because if that worked out pretty well for them, then I was right in that argument and I can now go home <laughs> to a man sitting in the dark, probably weeping. <laughs> Uh, uh, enjoy because he's saving so much money being no, in the dark. He's weeping. I forgot to caveat that. Just as I was coming in, he said, text me saying, I've lost my head. And then it was a link to an article and it was about smart meters. And apparently <laughs> sometimes because of data, they're cutting out and people are getting <gasps> built far more than they thought. Well, now I've lost my head. Why would you tell me that at the start of the podcast? <laughs> anyway, back to Japan. <laughs> I can go back and tell him that I was right if Japan did okay for those centuries. However... If it was really bad. They did well in terms of they were preserving their stories so because there wasn't much like outside 
influence. Yeah. They pre- the stories are preserved really well, which was the point I was trying to make. Everything else, <laughs> oh, uh, really? TBC. Because one of the reasons it stopped is, and um, one of the other things they, I, I mean, I could do this for a whole episode, to be quite honest with you, but one of the main reasons um, they also locked down is the dictator at the time was like, I don't want peasants getting above their station. So one of the other things they also locked into place was nobody was allowed to change class. Oh, social mobility. So like the peasants, they would charge 40% tax on like rice fields and they were fun. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And funding the very, very upper classes who had to do very, very little were revolting continuously. And then it was a really big revolt. I'm very much summarising, but like a very big revolt at the end and it changed everything and they started letting people in. Okay, so he probably did win that argument. I mean, just don't bring it back up, babe, I'd say. Okay, Focus on smart maces. <laughs> you ready? Yes, please. The goblin of Adachikahara. Off we go. What I'll also say is this one is quite long. So if you are listening or watching, get get yourself a couple of cuppers, go on the go uh, and settle in. Well, to be fair to them... They can stop and start it. I've just got to sit for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thoughts and prayers with Fiona in this difficult, yeah. difficult time. They can literally stop it, go to Asda, come back, <laughs> check their smart meter. Or they stuff. could listen into it on the way to Asda because, you know, podcasts and phones and shit, that's how it works. Yeah, but if you're going to an Asda that's an hour and a bit away, then move. <laughs> no. No? I'm going to just, I'm going to move on. It's a long story. We've got, we've got to get going. Right. <clears throat> Long, long ago, there was a plain called Adachikahara in the province of Mutsu in Japan. The place was said to be haunted by a cannibal goblin called the Onibaba. You all right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I love to start with, some sort of flesh-eating goblin. Oh, mate, we ain't even close. Like, you, you ain't going to like this. And that makes me happy. Um, there was a goblin called the Onibaba who took the form of an old woman. From time to time, many travellers disappeared. No one dared to venture near the haunted spot after sunset, and all those who could avoid it in the daytime did, and travellers were warned about this. So it's like a yieldy tale, and it was like, look, stuff goes on there. Like a Bermuda Triangle kind of vibe. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, yeah. The thing is with this story, sorry, <laughs> this is only as scary as my brain lets it be. Because mm-hmm. like, it's not like a film where they've sort of done the work. I've got to use my imagination, haven't I? Yeah, and that's dangerous for both of us. <laughs> One day, a priest came to the plane. He was a belated traveller and his robe showed he was a Buddhist pilgrim walking from shrine to shrine to pray for forgiveness for his sins. He had lost his way and because it was late, he encountered no one who could warn him of the haunted spot. Oh, so just per chance he's gone there. Mm-hmm. So he's been walking around, like, going from place to place, praying for forgiveness, trying to repent for his sins that he's had accrued accrued thank you (laughs) over time and he happens to be in this one but nobody's told him about the haunted spot okay yet as young which is his name okay thanks (laughs) as young walked the sun sat over his shoulder what little warmth there had been that day disappeared along with the setting sun he said a quick prayer and stepped into the barren woods he wouldn't make it to the next village before a full dark but perhaps he'd find some merciful soul along the way to take him in for the night. Young glanced around at the shadows that darted through these woods at night. He chuckled as his teeth clattered together. Ooh, monsters everywhere, he said to himself. 
Sounds like an absolute prat. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's no way you're getting me into any barren wood. Yeah, he's, he's gone like, ooh, monsters. I'm like, have you ever watched any scary film, Young? It ain't going to end yeah. well for you, lad. And also, don't walk into a wood expecting to like speak to someone. If I'm, go- if I'm going into a wood, my hope is mm. I don't meet anyone in there. I mean, I think that about any time I leave the of house. Of course you do, yeah. But also, Sometimes I think you get here and think, hopefully she don't turn up. Oh, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, is you have to remember this is ye fairy tale land. And if all of our characters never went into woods, there wouldn't be any stories. Fine. I... <laughs> he knew enough to laugh, although the thick fog amongst these trees was eerie. He turned to see an open field just a few yards away. There was a campfire burning just outside a house. A blast of chilly autumn air cut through his robe. Young pulled it tighter and stepped out of the tree line into the field. He walked towards the house, shouting, oh, I need a voice for Young. Right. But bearing in mind... He's not allowed to be Japanese. I ain't doing a Japanese okay. accent, so I might just go full Yorkshire for him to play it super safe. Because I've already insulted God knows who by doing some Japanese pronunciations of the places. Okay. He walked towards the house, shouting, Hello? Hello? Is anybody home? I'm paraphrasing slightly. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't look like anyone was home. Tiny holes poked through the paper sheets that acted as curtains and doors of the house. Because, you know, in Japanese um, homes, they have, like, paper-thin partition kind of sliding door No. Yeah. I didn't know that. Some tiny holes poking through the paper um, that acted to the curtains and doors of the house. If it wasn't for the fire, Young would assume the place had long been abandoned. He approached the bamboo fence that lined the tiny parcel of land. He called out again. Hello? Is anybody home? Do you mind if I sit by your fire? Young pushed open the rickety gate. As he did, a raspy, angry voice called out. So I need a raspy old womany voice. Is it the goblin? Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just don't know. Um, so I'm thinking like the like a witchy type of one. Yeah, like get yeah. into it with a cackle. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's a raspy, angry voice out. Stop right there! Young glanced up. Standing in the doorway was a wrinkly, hunched-over old woman. She was wrapped in a yellow robe. A tiny stream of blood dribbled down her chin. Oh, Here we go. No. Here we go. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> you forgot we were doing a good story already, mate. I forgot that she was a cannon... A cannonball. A cannonball. <laughs> what is it again? Cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell, it's another one of them cannonballs coming, coming to eat For fuck's sake. <clears throat> right. So she's just eating someone. We don't know. I assume. We don't know. She might just she might just have an injury. Well, go on then. Young waved at the elderly woman as she stepped out of her decrepit home. Can he not see the blood on her chin? <laughs> Why is he so over-familiar? He recognised there was something off about her. <laughs> oh, good. Her wrinkly face looked almost like a mask. Young steadied himself. You've got a bit of blood on your lip. Are you hurt? <laughs> Brilliant small talk, I think. That's very, to be honest, it's very actually quite British. You see something and go, well, I can't address the actual thing. Oh, have you had an incident? <laughs> Are you all right? Oh, it does sound like something I'd say. Yeah, because you can't go, terribly sorry. Are you a cannibal? Is that? <laughs> just, just hoping for the best here. <laughs> Paper cut. The woman looked surprised. She wiped her chin with the back of her hand. My lips are just horribly chapped. What could I do for you? She said. Young glanced to the woods and back to the old and back to the old woman. The heat from the campfire thawed his cheeks. 
he felt more relaxed by the moment. He smiled. I seem to have gotten lost just in the woods. I I was wondering if you might uh, board me for the night. The old woman snapped. No, I don't have any room. Now, if you don't mind. Without another word, she turned and hurried back into her home. I mean, to be honest, she's gone up in my estimation. (laughs) Why? Well, he's gone, can I stay? And she's gone, no, jog off. Now, if you don't mind. Because she's into scaring him. She's going to jump out on him in the woods and eat his face. That's exactly what I... First of all, we don't know what she is yet. She might just be an old woman in the woods. And if I was in a woods on my own and some random man came past and was like, can I just stay here for the night? I'd say, no, (laughs) go away. Now, if you don't mind, I need to continue with my stories. And then go back in and watch whatever I was on TV. Okay. Without another word, she turned and hurried back into her home. Young found her speed odd for such an old woman. He had a strange unease and a tingling around his spine. But he couldn't give up. If he couldn't stay here, he might not live to see the morning. So he's like, I've got... Even though I'm getting a bit of a weird vibe from her, I have no option here. I need to crack on. Yeah, that that tingling in his stomach and around his spine, mm. that's intuition. You sure it's not wind? No, that's that's his body going... This is bad. Get out. And his logical mind has overpowered that. And I did that in many a relationship. And always trust your gut, guys. <laughs> always trust it. He should have gone. At this point, really, he's just choosing what's the best way to die. Yeah, but also, he's clearly gone, oh, that's an old woman. Do you know what? There's no need to be scared of her. Scuttling along. Printing the 100 metres. I've got a bit of a weird vibe, but let's, you know. <laughs> I could kick her up. I could kick her if I wanted to. You know, he's, he's clearly been yeah. like, I've got this. I am but a simple priest. I don't require much. Just a spot on the floor, some place with a roof over my head. <laughs> wow, I've really made him quite Yorkshire, much more than I intended to. Because <laughs> I just forgot he was a priest. <laughs> the old woman spun around in the doorway. She glared at him. Her eyes sparkled, reflecting the intense red glow of the fire. She sized him up, her eyes examining him all the way from his toes to the top of his head. She tapped her finger to the tip of her chin. Her nails were painted bright red. The priest noted, again with confusion, what an odd choice for an elderly woman who lived all alone in the woods in such a shabby house. So that's his prejudice again, you see. He's like, why has this old woman got bright red nails well, on? she got shellac done. Because she fucking wants to, lad. Yeah. Leave her be. We don't do it for you guys. We do it for ourselves. We actually don't. I found that out in lockdown. I'm very much doing it for other people. Are you? Yeah, I'm not doing any of this stuff for myself. (laughs) If I was on my own, I would not have my nails and toes painted. I would not be shaved. (laughs) I would like one of those fawns in Fantasia that play the flute if I could, given the the choice. (laughs) See, I don't like body hair. Oh, really? I like just... On yourself or Mm. on... And what about on men? Were Um, you privy to shaved balls? (laughs) (laughs) What a place to start. You could have started anywhere on the body. What are your feelings on shave balls? Oh, we'll just go straight in. <laughs> They're not really bothering with anything else, though, is it? It's just the balls, really. <laughs> the one I I don't... Back? Are you pointing at your back? Yeah, I don't like a hairy back. Oh, right. You would get a man to wax his back. I wouldn't get a man to do anything. I would be like... Suggest it. Suggest it. <laughs> Manipulate him until he does... Continuously. <laughs> comb it until he does something about it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, lads, you'd be comfortable with you. That's the most important yeah, thing. I've got a hairy back. Sorry? Yeah, down mm. the... <laughs> down the bottom there. <laughs> I remember... Oh, you have a re- reverse crab ladder. What is a crab ladder? You know, I actually think this is something we said at school and nobody else says, but you know the little line of hair that's usually on people's stomach that goes like... Snail trail. So people call it a snail trail, but we called it a crab's ladder. Yeah, no one. <laughs> <laughs> Which 
I think it's something, uh, something else is going thing. on for them to call it a crab ladder. I think yep. there's some STIs floating around that school. Yes. Um, <laughs> so you have that, but on your back. No, more like a patch. But you fucking want me? Because I remember at school, I think maybe they were just bullies. I remember at school they were like, oh, you can do something about your hairy back, your hairy back. So now I've got an epilator, I just run it over my back and my ass. Oh, is that awful? <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh, that's plus. And then you just drop a bit of the anatomy and I wasn't expecting. You're yeah. epilating your ass. Yeah. Well, we can't gloss <laughs> over that. Like you're glossing over your ass with an epilator. Yeah, that's, I don't like hair on my bum so with an epilator babe yeah because i'm not gonna shave it but epilator's hair no uh, have i not told you this i've got a massively high pain threshold the doctor told me the other day (laughs) yeah do you she said i must be quite good at compartmentalizing pain because you've been burnt so many times (laughs) (laughs) apparently i just don't feel stuff how interesting i know that as well because when i get in the shower and then i come out and then other people get in the shower they're like fucking hell boiling in it i was gonna say you have one of those i shower in hot temperatures yeah like steam yeah yeah i can't deal with that yeah so i've got quite a high pain pressure so epilating nothing's me right on the old bum cheeks there oh my days and the bikini line oh yeah not the (laughs) <laughs> not the minute that's too far is it for you yeah, oh, yeah. only well, one crack at a time that caught in your epilator for if anyone doesn't know an epilator is just like a hundred pairs of tweezers just going around at, at oh it's more than the that. rate of an old woman <laughs> what, what are you talking about the old woman in the story like that quick oh, <laughs> oh what a fantastic uh, callback that thank you did you. there well done thank you speaking of the old yeah woman. let's get back to her <laughs> The woman's eyes flashed as a bit of spittle dropped from the corner of her mouth. My name is Yashiko. Pardon my rudeness, I don't get many visitors out here. I suppose it wouldn't hurt if you stay the night. Make yourself at home by the fire while I clean up inside. Young was elated. May you be blessed for your kindness. Karma will smile upon you, I'm certain. Yoshiko nodded and turned back to the house, disappearing into the darkness. Young stood in the knee-high dead grass. It was as if every living thing was avoiding this plot of land. There wasn't the slightest chirp from a bird or cricket. The soft breeze was the only sound. Don't you think that sounds peaceful? (laughs) (laughs) No. It's a lovely peaceful place. Yeah, that would worry me. Yeah. You'd be right at home, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd be loving it. Only thing that you said to me would be the sound of fucking Young being like, "Can I?" Say, no, you fucking can't, Young. Piss off. <laughs> but Young pushed this observation out of his mind. He was desperate to have a roof over his head. Hopefully, inside the hunt was in a better shape. From within, John could hear the sound of bones cracking. The softest moan echoed from the house. He shook his head. That poor old woman. She even creaks when she walks. Do you need a hand with anything in there? He asked. Yashiko snapped. No! Her voice was stronger, louder than before. She must be a prideful woman, surviving out here all alone. That's somebody else's bones. <laughs> is that what you it? think? Yeah, Maybe she's, she's just cracking. got very creaky bones. She is cracking someone else's bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I've, I don't really like horror stories. I know, that's why I'm so excited yeah. to do this one. I watched Scream when I was like 11, and then for about five years after, every time I got in from school... I'd push the sofa across the door 
and not leave the front room until my sister got back then from school. Then what was going to be your escape plan? Because this is the worst thing about these horror films. They always run upstairs. I'm like, why are you running upstairs? I was just going to... Die. Hide, hide. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very much better at like being in the situation than waiting for the situation. I'd die. Like first wave um sort of apocalypse, I'd go with the first wave. Just I'm, to get out of the way and done. Yeah, I'm not trying to survive. So if I call you from like a withheld number and I'm just like the call is coming from inside the house. That would be fun for me, but not fun for you. <laughs> no, no, and because I live in a one bedroom flat now, so <laughs> You'd be really close. I'll do it during one of your opt-out sessions as well, but it's all pitch black. (laughs) Luckily, Jung didn't need much convincing not to help her. His hands thawed out as the shivers slowly melted away. Yashika re-emerged from her house as a light breeze shook the curtains of her home. The breeze brought with it a wretched odour. (laughs) Fine, yeah. Yeah, that's someone else's bones and bone marrow and blood and flesh. The breeze brought with it a wretched odour. It was subtle but pungent, like something rotten. Young nearly gagged. Oh my goodness, Yashika, what is that smell? What terrible guest. (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm afraid there must be a dead raccoon or where something has died beneath your hut. Yeah, imagine being a guy and addressing it straight off the bat like, bloody hell, I love it stinks in here in this free accommodation you're sending to me. Also, Japan, are raccoons big in Japan? Good question. Why go with raccoon? <laughs> well, if somebody knows, please do let us know. <laughs> Very interesting. Yashika sniffed the air and shrugged. Probably. I lost my sense of smell years ago. Now I don't have much to offer you as far as food goes, but I could make you some rice. Jung suddenly realised that he hadn't eaten. He looked at the minuscule woman hunched over, propping herself up on her slanted doorway. Jung shook his head. Oh, no, I couldn't ask you to do that for me. Yashika waved. It really is no trouble at all. Jung smiled. He loved the thought of a belly full of rice. The woman saw his face and quickly shuffled back into the house to prepare his dinner. He's again, she's gone, would you like this? And he's... Instead of being like, oh, I can't let you do that and just allowed it, he's gone, okay, yeah, no, that's fine because yeah. I'm so hungry. I, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, also I do that a lot. You just get over the politeness and you're like, yeah, I do. I would like that. Yeah, please, actually. I'm See, I'm actually the opposite in that respect. I will just sit and starve to death because I'm like, it would be polite um, to accept this. Oh, um, no. And also because I could usually eat a packet of something to myself in one go and I'm like, nobody needs to see this but me. So it's, it's also preserving myself. <laughs> the hobbled old woman returned some moments later and handed a bowl full of the most delicious-looking rice to the priest. Young greedily shoveled it into his mouth. Now you finish up. I'm going to get more firewood. Young quickly sat down and waved his hand. No, 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 no. I can't let someone in your condition go out and fetch wood in the dark. Yashika motioned for him to sit down. Oh, don't you worry about me. I'm stronger than I look. Yashika winked at Young. All right, she's got a red now. She's winking. Yeah, so, well, it was like, I'm stronger than I look. Wink. <laughs> yeah, but also sexy. I can't remember anybody actually winking at me ever and I thought that was sexy I can't wink I unfortunately inadvertently wink because I've got uh, don't think I'm too sexy guys a lazy eye do you? yeah my left one so sometimes I've never noticed that if I don't have my glasses on to look at stuff I have to like close one eye 
I've been inadvertently winking at people and they've been like, hello. And I'm like, hello. (laughs) Like It's been absolutely (laughs) awful. Because I've also, any burns I've broken, which have been a lot, have mostly been down my left-hand side. And I remember telling someone this once. I was in my 20s by this point, uh, my mid-20s. And I was like, everything I've ever broken has been on my left-hand side. It's weird because my left eye is also the dodgy one. And I remember she said to me, she's like, do you think that's why you've broken everything on your left side? And I was yeah, like, you're just oh, falling yes. over stuff on the left. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So, anyway, so I inadvertently wink at people. So, if I have winked at you, because I also can't flirt for shit, so I'm definitely not flirting, please disregard it. So, there's nothing you could, you wouldn't do anything about your eye? Are you, I did. When I was a kid, I had an eye patch. Okay. I'm too sexy so for the show. Story for another time. <laughs> Yushiko winked at Young. She hefted the sack she used to carry firewood onto her shoulder and shuffled towards the fence. Young sat back down onto the log. It didn't feel right to let Yushiko go out all alone, but she had insisted. The old woman stopped at the gate. She turned back, her eyes once again glowing red in the firelight. I might be gone a while. I only have one request for you, priest. Do not go into my inner room. Those are my private quarters. Young nodded. Of course, I will stay right here. What I would say Mm. is normally if you have a guest, (laughs) assume they won't go in your bedroom. I always assume they will. Do you? People are nosy. No. Yes. And I don't mean to be rude. You've got that vibe. (laughs) What? I would go in the... (laughs) Yeah. Well, today. There it is. Today we lifted up the Ottoman bed. Is that the right word? Sure. It's got stuff under it. I found some books with writing in it. I was I like, didn't think you were going to say books. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, found your diary, Matthew. Let's have a look at your diary. Oh, here's um, a diary. He snatched that off me and he said, I will say that is definitely an invasion of privacy and that is not okay. Oh, so, he has a diary. Well, I don't know if it, I, I don't know what it was, but uh, find out tomorrow <laughs> when he's at work and I'm at home lifting up the Ottoman bed. Day four, seven pounds on electricity. (laughs) She's been in the shower for eight minutes. The national standard is four minutes. That's double amount of minutes. And then just maths equations and little doodles of shower drain. Just tear-stained pages, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd go in someone's bedroom, though. I think people were given the opportunity. Most people would. Have you ever watched Come Dine With Me? They're always in people's bedrooms immediately plonking themselves around. Yeah, but the thing is, I think if someone said to me, don't go in there, that's that's when I would go in there. exactly. He said he won't. He said, I've got you. The old woman gave a curt nod and disappeared into the darkness of the woods. Young stared at the flickers of the dying fire wafting in the breeze. The faint, noxious, rotten smell had returned. The smoke must have masked it, but now with the fire almost gone, it had returned in full force. The priest could barely hold back the urge to vomit. He pulled his robe over his nose and looked towards the house. The smell was definitely coming from inside. Young looked all around him. Nothing but the blackness of the wood stared back. He called out, Yashika, are you near? But there was no answer. Satisfied she was out of sight, he crept towards the house. Mm -mm. Mm. So he's like, no, I'm going to go check this out because I want... The thing is, though, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because whenever there's such a powerful smell that does have that effect on you, weirdly, you do also want to know what it is. Where is it coming from? What is it? Yeah, I've I've got a really sensitive nose. No, I do. My grandma always used to say, she never used to smell. She'd be like, feel nervous. Your nose is too close to your (laughs) arse. Okay, thanks. But also, what is the smell? 
<laughs> oh, so that's why you took a good whiff of me at that gig last, last day, the other day. The tiny hut was, alas, even more derelict inside. The smell, too, was noticeably stronger. Dozens of dead flies were scattered about the living room floor in between piles of rat droppings. Bloody knives sat on her table. The floorboards were ancient and rotted every time the wind blew and it felt like the house was about to go with it. Yashika lived in squalor. Young sighed. This woman has so little and yet she's given me so much. God knows what's decaying beneath these floors. Young knelt down and inspected the boards, but the smell wasn't coming from below. The paper door to the old woman's inner room flapped with the breeze. With each whack, a new wave of odour floated by. The smell was definitely coming from inside Yashika's private quarters, which is the bit he was told not to go into. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Kill him. He's stupid enough. <laughs> who? Who kills we him? We don't need him. He's too stupid. He's like, oh, rat droppings. Oh, bloody knives. What a lovely lady. Like, If you're that stupid, kill him. <laughs> Gone to get firewood. Yeah. And he's now been like, what's that smell? I'm in her house. I'll go in the private quarters. He's seen the poo. He's seen the knives. Yeah, right. yeah. The smell was definitely coming from inside Yoshiko's private quarters. The priest stood up. He folded his arms as he stared into the darkness. The right thing to do would be to honour his earth, but he wouldn't be going in out of intrusiveness. He would be doing the kind woman a favour. This was his chance to stop acting so selfishly to do something for someone else. Even if he was breaking his word, this was such a small lie. Surely the good would outweigh the bad. The priest felt ju justified in his decision. Young crept closer from behind the paper door. He heard the slightest groan. It was the same sound he'd heard earlier. Only now Yashika was nowhere to be found. Something else was making that noise. So he thinks he's doing a good thing. He doesn't. He does. Apparently, he, he does. Doesn't. He's, he's like justifying it so he can go in her bedroom. <laughs> he's like, this woman wants me to help her out. Obviously, she can't do anything for herself, poor lass. Despite make my dinner, go and get firewood, do all this other stuff, but she paint can't her nails. Paint her nails. She can't look after the house herself. Obviously, I need to step in. Right? He inched closer. Hello, is someone there? Again, Young heard the faint groan. It sounded almost human. Young reached out slowly and pulled back the curtain. The entire floor was awash in blood. He'd never seen a vision so nightmarish. But the worst part was the sight of a man's fresh, mutilated corpse lying in the middle of the room. Cheery! <laughs> I think you've ventured so far away from fairy tales. <laughs> Well, this is what we do. We do the original grim, dark fairy tales. It doesn't feel fairy tale esque. I thought you could say it doesn't all. sound grim. I was like, it sounds, do you know what it sounds like? There's all this mutilated corpse on the floor. Do you remember your pot from the other week you did at your end party where it was just a head on a torso or whatever you did in that pot? Oh, God, now I can't unsee that. <laughs> Can I? Petrified by the grisly scene. It's going to get worse, by the way. Really? Because I actually nearly vomed then. Well, then you need to get a bucket of summer, love. Because yeah. it's going to get worse. Go on. Ready? Petrified by the grisly scene, Young stood frozen by the door. But everywhere he turned, his eyes caught a new, horrid detail. A pile of skulls lined one corner of the room, stacked on the floor all the way to the ceiling. Some still had bits of hair no. clinging to them. 
A no, brutal reminder that these once belonged to living, breathing people. You all right? No. It Chunder may- chops. <laughs> I didn't get through Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Next to these, a stack of femurs stood almost as oh, tall as you. Why young. do we need to know exactly what bone it was? We, because it's important. That's the strongest oh one. Oh, my God. There's no way I'm looking at a pile of bones and going, well, that's a femur. <laughs> Jung's entire body felt numb. His mind couldn't comprehend what his eyes were seeing, especially the man before him. The man's eyes were wide open, his face frozen in terror. His left leg was set far away from his body, ripped from the hip like a tree branch. A chunk of flesh was missing from the thigh. The edges of the wound surrounded by jagged teeth marks. No. (laughs) She's just gnawed it like a KFC. (laughs) A zinger meal. Well, you're going to relate to this quite uh, quite strongly, actually, because the next line is bile rose in Jung's throat. So he's yeah. having the same reaction to you. His stomach convulsed and sent barely digested rice splattering across the floor. Oh, she's going to know he was there. Meanwhile, mm. his mind started to inch its way out of shock. He had never believed in monsters, but there was no other explanation here. No human being was capable of this horror. This was the work of something demonic. What else could rip off a man's leg? You look genuinely Mm. quite ill. Yeah. (laughs) He had to get out of there now. He began to back away from the body. But in an instant, Jung wasn't on his feet anymore. Slipped over on the blood or the rice. He was falling backward. Warm blood splashed all around him. Jung wasn't sure what happened. Maybe he tripped over one of the femurs or another body part he couldn't see. When he tried to stand there, he couldn't get up. Something had a hold of his foot. (gasps) Jung looked down. A paled hand was latched onto his ankle. The bloodied, mangled man still had a bit of life left in him. Oh, I didn't think it was going to be him. You thought it was going to be the goblin? Yeah. Twist! (laughs) The bloodless face stared back at him, eyes as wide as a full moon. Jung kicked and jerked, but the man held on tight. Blood oozed from the man's trembling lips as he opened his mouth. The... Onibaba, help me. Jung kicked the dying man in the face. Right, come on. <laughs> he has been through enough. Do you know what I mean? Just try, you're meant to be a priest. Help the lad. He's still alive and you're going, no, wallop. Oh, I should probably go in that woman's bedroom because it's the right thing to do. He's just forgotten all the right things to do when he just kicks a dying man yeah. in the head. Yeah, exactly. Face, not even, not even head, kicked face. Kicked him so much more offensive. Yeah, just square on the nose and eyes. <laughs> so he kicked the dying man in the face in an attempt to free his leg, but then the floorboards creaked behind him. He turned and looked up to see Yoshiko, except her wrinkled face had smoothed and hardened and turned burn white. Her mouth was slowly twisting into a wide, demonic grin that cut across her face. This was the goblin of the woods, the man-eating Onibaba. So he's like, oh, shit, it is a monster, and it's her, and she is right behind me. Yeah, yeah. She sneered at him. I told you not to go in my room. You are a very bad priest. Then the Onibaba pulled a long dagger from her side and raised it high above her head. Desperate, Jung rolled out of the way and searched for the only weapon within his grasp, a A human. I know it's going to be a femur. Um, why? Because I've said FEMA too many times for it not to be used as a weapon. Of all the things you could criticise in this story. (laughs) He swung with all his might at the Onibaba's head, the sickening burn-on-burn crack. Oh, I've heard that during Muay Thai. 
It's fucking horrible, bone yeah, on bone. It, it, yeah, it's horrible, and it? it's just it's a particular noise. It's so horrible, yeah. And it just sends something all through you. It's horrid. It sounded like a hammer against a boulder. It knocked the Onibaba off her balance, giving Young just enough to crawl out the door. The priest rolled to his feet and sprinted out of the hut. A burn-chilling shriek filled the air. Young glanced over his shoulder as he ran past the bamboo fence. The Onibaba stood in the doorway, waving the bloody dagger. Stop now, priest! You can't outrun me! Young did not heed her advice. He was at least going to try. He sprinted across the pasture, heading straight for the edge of the forest. Young could hear the trunks of trees snapping behind him. The Onibaba was cutting her own path through the forest. She shoved aside trees as if they were dried hay. Her glowing red eyes were getting bigger. She was closing in. He would be dead in moments. Jung did the only thing he could do. The only thing he knew how to do. He tried to meditate as he ran. Oh my <laughs> God. Your reaction then is exactly how I feel. When, when I talk about the moon. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. But that's the thing. I'm all up for it until... A serious situation, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? And when needs must, don't meditate. It's not getting you anywhere. I mean, to be honest, in times that are best to meditate is when you're in key times of stress. So he's actually picked no. arguably the perfect moment to meditate here. Matthew actually did an invasion of my privacy today and read my <laughs> gratitude list for today. And he couldn't stop laughing because one of them said, I am grateful that I got to eat cotton candy grapes today. What is the state? Why are you... Why do you eat like a toddler? Why can't you eat like a they grown woman? They smell and taste like cotton candy. Which is a totally natural thing for a grip. But he was like, you are really like scraping the barrel <laughs> if one of your three grateful things today is I got to eat cotton candy Are you already grapes. allowed a top three? You could probably have more, but it takes me a while to get three sometimes. Oh, why yeah. is your life? <laughs> You ready? Yeah, I feel like I had something to say about this whole thing. Was it you'd wished you weren't here? <laughs> yeah, also, like, you know I said earlier that I would just stay and die? Mm-hmm. I think now if I was him and I'd seen that man still alive with chunks of flesh out of him and mm-hmm. his foot, like, in the corner of the room when he's mm-hmm. by the fireplace, like, I think I I would make a run for it. Because that w- that's what would push you over the edge. Is just it? knowing that I'd be alive while she's eating me. Yeah. If I, if she was just going to smash me over the head, kill me, and then serve You'd me up be for dinner, I could take that. But if she's eating me whilst I'm alive, mm. I'm I'm trying to get out of there. I'm it's, not it's, succumbing yeah, to that. It's just bad that's cannibal hell. etiquette, isn't it, really? Yeah, those cannonballs. <laughs> those cannonballs. Though he couldn't close his eyes, the priest took a deep breath and tried to block out the world. Onibaba or not, he had been a bad guest. He'd let a poor old woman wait on him hand and foot. He was a selfish, corrupt man. He told himself there was no great harm in it, but he did it out of greed. He would never reach enlightenment if he didn't change his ways. If he didn't do something quick, karma was going to catch up with him through the Onibaba. Young took a deep breath and prayed for focus. He prayed for a way out. Suddenly, a sound broke through the silence running water. He sprinted through the bush and out into the clear. Hearing the river might slow down the Onibaba enough to help him get away. First of all, he's like, do you know what? I've been a bad person. I deserve this. And I think that's a bit much even for him. Even though he's been a bit of a knob, I think being, I deserve to be eaten by this goblin and I should have been polite to this cannibalistic goblin. I think your Airbnb etiquette... (laughs) 
isn't the reason she's munching on your shoulder. Like, she was going to do it anyway. You could have been the perfect house guest. Yeah. You know, you could have kept that smart meter down to £2 an hour. <laughs> she's still eating your face. Yeah, exactly. What a mug. Mm. That's enlightenment. I don't fucking want it. <laughs> Young slammed to a stop as he burst out of the tree line. There were no more trees because there was no more ground. Young teetered on the edge of a rocky cliff, wobbling back and forth, desperately trying to regain his balance. 200 feet below, the roaring river flowed. What Young couldn't hear was the crashing footsteps of the Onibaba. He allowed himself a moment of hope. Maybe I lost her, he thought, as he slowly turned around. But before he could, a searing pain shot through his shoulder. He had been stabbed. Young dropped to a knee. The goblin's dagger had struck him. So he's, she has caught up with him and she's stabbed him in the shoulder. And he has nowhere to go. He's on the edge of a cliff. Yeah, well... A literal cliffhanger. Yeah, and also part of me thinks if I got stabbed in the shoulder, I'd probably fall forwards, not backwards. I'd be straight off the edge of that cliff, no? I always love your critiques of stories because it's always the most random things. My problem is here is just scientifically speaking, um, the propelling of force would not be like, not the other shit. I'm not leaning into that, Dagger. (laughs) I'm definitely trying to move away from it. And I was already teetering on the edge of a 200 foot cliff. The Onibaba stood above him, grinning. I told you you couldn't outrun me. The creature tapped its fingers together, blood covered, claws clanking against one another, then leaned close and hissed. I like to eat my meals while they're alive. You were supposed to be my breakfast. No matter. That's why she keeps them alive. She likes them fresh. So what is he? He's dinner, is he? Well, he's meant to be breakfast, so I'm guessing lunch. (laughs) (laughs) What time of the day exactly Mm. is it? She's having his shoulder for dinner. (laughs) She opened her mouth and exposed her gruesome fangs. The Onibaba then wrapped her meaty hands around his neck and lifted him off the ground. She hissed as she held him out in front of her. The priest's feet dangled over the rapids below. She was toying with him now. Though he had not done enough in his life to achieve enlightenment, he hoped he'd reflected enough for karma to be kind to him. With nowhere else to go and nothing else to do, he raised both his feet and kicked the Onibaba in the throat. His defiance caught the Onibaba off guard. Stunned, the goblin released him. The sight of the stunned monster shrank before him as he fell like a rock down into the river below. The current might claim him, but the Onibaba wouldn't. Young closed his eyes. He took a deep breath and held it as he awaited his fate. The pain of the knife shot through his entire body as he the back as his back smacked the water. Suddenly everything was cold and spinning, but then the spinning slurred. The priest, gasping, fought his way up to the surface. He was alive. Now came the hard part. Now Now, now came the hard part. Yeah, now came the hard part. Now he had to be a better man. And that is the end of the story. Right. <laughs> okay. What I would say yeah. is, again, there's some key elements missing here. All he deserves is a bad sort of fucking TripAdvisor review. <laughs> and he's like, I deserve this. One, like just seeing someone else's mutilated body is quite a trauma. Like that, that's, Do you think? Yeah, that's payback enough. You don't then need to be chased by a goblin, stabbed in the shoulder 
full 200 foot mm. there's no way i'm doing all that and thinking i should just be a nicer girl but you don't know because he was re- he was going around before repenting for, for how yeah. evil he'd been maybe he'd been a horrible serial killer in his life do you know what i'd say then go on fucking mention it in the story <laughs> do you know what i mean i saw napoleon the other day in person or the film the film and again why are we expecting me to fill in the gaps Give me all the information. But, but babe, how many gaps do you want filled in? Because before I was trying to tell you about Japan and that went down like a lead balloon. And if somebody was to give you the entire history of Napoleon, they've done that on the History Channel. It's about a 24 series. You sound like Matthew. <laughs> he went, I think you're stupid enough for going to see a film and expecting to understand the history of like one of the most historical figures or whatever. And I was like, well... What it should have made me do is want to pick up a book and read more about him. And if anything, I'll never want to hear about him again. And yet again, this story, that is key information. I want to know, does the punishment fit the crime? And from A to B here, absolutely no, it does not. What did he do? He let her cook him some rice. Even that, even that, like the way he reacted to that. Oh, I'm terrible. I'm awful. It's rice, babe. But there it's was... about 15 minutes on the hot. She's probably done it wrong as well. No one gets water to rice ratio correct. Don't pull your hair out over it. Have you thought of being a judge? Like, retraining? I told you, I've been on jury seven free, oh, jury that's seven three times. Yeah. yeah. Here she comes Because in. I'm good at it. Because I understand <laughs> the moral of this story. Yeah, what do you think the moral is? The moral of the story is be a good person yet again. Why? Why? Shocked and disgusted, literally. In almost all fairy tales, the moral is going to be be a good person. And you're like, oh, here we are, yet again, learning about goodness and kindness. Be a good person, but also have some self respect and self awareness. <laughs> yeah, I've probably done some not great things, <laughs> but I know that they don't warrant that. Like, that's unnecessary punishment for anyone. Um, so that's one of the ones. It's uh, be a good person throughout life, not just in a moment to fix all issues. Um, as karma may not always be on your side is, is one of the morals. I do I was use karma to... a lot. Yes. The other one I got is actually um, what somebody's take was, was because of the particular writer who was a Japanese woman in the in the early 1900s, uh, don't stereotype people and make presumptions, especially if they're women, as just because they're polite, um, it doesn't mean they might not take advantage of you at their own risk. Because she had a huge... She was massively stereotyped for being a Japanese woman, which were usually seen as very polite, very sort of dutiful. And she would like, no, we're so much more and you don't, don't put us in one category. Like, this is... Who said that one? Like, yeah, is that a man scorned? <laughs> that sounds like... <laughs> A man with a stick up his ass. Yes, this was, um, you know, at the beginning I said that um, her dad had set her up on in a marriage. Um, it was the guy who... It sounds like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, they will fuck you over. <laughs> They'll act all sweet and innocent. Don't be fooled. But it's a point because, you know, he was like, oh, she's got red nails. She's done all this, that and the other. She's an old woman. I need to help her. And it's like, actually, she did you up like a kipper, didn't, didn't To you? be like, fair, actually, Louise, mm-hmm. that level of detail... Is it, what you could have done within the story. what could have done for the freaking back plot. Please like and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Be Fairy Afraid Pod. Thanks for listening.